So I'm here with my good friend Mitchell Adams, and we've already been talking about some of these topics. How are you, good sir? I am doing well. It is the first day of NBA season, so I am on a good vibe today. Everybody listen to Quick Plug, listen to the Balls Out podcast with your co-host, Matty Ice, correct? Yeah, me and Matty Ice, man. We just dropped that today. I'm very excited to get uh, you know, my feet wet back in the podcast game. Uh, I got another podcast of mine in the works, which I know you're involved with on the music side. Me and Rack's podcast, uh, Is That How You Feel podcast, uh, that'll be coming out later this year. It's really exciting. Uh, we're, we're, all, we're all just uh, doing our podcast. I love it, man. Yeah, it, it, it's been really good outlet for me. So hopefully going through these these points that I have and us just having this conversation, we can take a look back on how you felt going through the Long Beach thing, the beach and and all the musical things that we have done. Yeah. Oh, man, dude, I it's a lot to take in. I, I'm ready for uh, ready for a trip down memory lane. OK, so first off, I just want to break the fourth wall like super quick. How do you feel? about the struggle that you had to go through um, as a writer, rapper, from candy cane rap to that dude. As well as Shakespeare, <laughs> as well as coming out with your first real track. How did how did you feel about that? When you rapped Shakespeare with the big gold chain at your school at Tracy High? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe that you even – that that was a throwback. Um. So candy cane rap, I, I think – <laughs> from that moment to where I'm at now, I mean that I just did not expect that question. That's crazy. Um, the growth is just I, I can't even describe it. And I know that that's kind of seems like a cop out answer, but you know I I went into candy cane rap just because my friend and I thought it was funny to be like, hey, candy cane rap. But <laughs> yeah, you know, and and you know the rest is history from there. But to see how much I sucked. Like, that's the truth. Yeah. Because I wasn't a good rapper. I was very, very not rhythm, rhythmic at all. I don't think that's a real word, but... No, um, no, yeah, you're good, you're I, good. I, I, I just loved writing. Like, and I, I knew being funny was kind of my approach to it. But right. the problem with the candy cane rap and the being funny to it is that that can only take me so far and... I kind of self, I don't want to say self-sabotage because I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, but it put me into that that cloud of no one's going to take me serious as a rapper. And, and I'm already hard to take serious. I mean, man, I was, you know, baby face, 18-year-old Mitch rapping right. <laughs> with with his voice still going through puberty. Like, how, how, how can anyone really take that serious, you know? Yeah, so, so when you're, when you're writing... Because for everybody who's listening to this, if you don't know Mitch, this was almost like a parody type stuff, like like, like satire, right? Like like a funny rap, right. kind of like uh, kind of like Lonely Island or stuff like that, you know? Like um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So going from Except that, there are so much better. Right, right, right. Well, well, it's just uh, confidence and skill, right? You know what I mean? Like I I think that. So, you know, but before I say that, so let me give you another question just so we can keep this going so like you got the struggle of being not taken serious kind of throughout this whole process right and in the beginning when you did the satire stuff and it was funny um and then 
we spend time in Tino's garage. Mainly you were gaming, me and Tino were recording. And what what sparked you in that time? Post all these funny videos and, and, and funny songs. What sparked it in you? Like not not with the first one, not not the ones in the way, but what was the last spark that sparked you sitting in Tino's garage when you're watching me do a Drake cover and him rapping? What sparked it in you to say, okay, I'm gonna take it seriously. I'm gonna try and do music. You know, so originally, if I could go back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the first time I did a rap song was with um, was in Tino's Garage, as Alex mentioned. Shout out to Tino's Garage. Um, and it was Born and Raised. Uh, Tino was doing one verse. You know, we were boys. He was like, hey, because um, uh, I mentioned to him, hey, I might be interested in doing um, a song with him. And he was so gracious to be like, yeah, bro, I got you. Come through to the studio. Uh, I got you. And then I wrote to this song, Born and Raised, which was a DJ Khaled song. Oh, okay. And my verse was actually really dope at that time of where I was. And and this was, it was kind of like a really serious rap in the sense of I took a total different direction with Candy Cane rap. Yeah. So I guess what sparked, you know, me to actually like, shape it to be serious was watching the passions of you and Tino because I reciprocate the same passion but on a different level as far as for the love of, of doing something yeah you guys for the sake of music we just want like that's who you are you guys are musicians me I'm a writer that's like hey that's something I want to yeah. learn I I do love music like performing uh songs karaoke songs like that's something that'll always be in me, but it's more of the writer side of me that came out than the musician, the artist. And, and that's just kind of made it more of an artist morph for me to take it serious, but okay. I still wasn't good. <laughs> so, so I, I would love to ask this because, um, when I saw eight mile with my friend, Sean and my friend Derek, and we went back to his house and they started freestyling, mm -hmm. they weren't that good. But when I went, for some reason, I just knew how to rhyme. And I had never tried it before. So that was my beginning of that. That, that. that literally watching Eminem going home that night and then rapping. That was literally my start in rapping. You know what I mean? So so it was something that, that kind of came easy to me. But writing was always a challenge in the beginning. When you started writing seriously, when you started saying, okay, I'm going to start taking the pen seriously. I'm a writer. I'm going to write, you know, like, do you think that you were confident when you put the pen to the page? How did that first time go? N not not born and raised. Let's fast forward a little bit more. Let's let's go more towards like, like like when you're starting to gear up and do the beach, like when you're writing songs that you want to affect people. How was that process of getting those bars going? How was your writing process? Did you get struggle? Did you? Did it go smoothly? What parts went smoothly? How would you describe your process that you went through? Oh man, uh, nothing went smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, nothing went smoothly, bro. Like, uh, what what the hell was I doing? Like 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 realistically, I didn't know what I was doing. Like that's the truth. Yeah, you know. And that's the crazy part about your growth that I don't think anyone gives you enough credit for. I'll let you continue, but that you did start with that struggle and you are writing full tracks now. So like that, that's crazy because you're, you're saying it was, it was, it was not a good start, but yet you're doing it now. 
So that that, that I just think right. that that's crazy because not many people can say that. Right, right. I and I wasn't even realizing it at the time. It was more just kind of like a let me dive into this. I yeah. want to you know do some music creativity and also I was doing some rap battling too. Uh, that so I kind of had a, a an itch to do rap specifically, um, but to say that there was any smoothness to anything about this process <laughs> would be a lie. Yeah. Like I and. I kind of like the underdog. I mean, I've been, I feel like I've had the underdog mentality and, you know, treatment all my life, which I, I embrace that role, but to, you know, and you know how, I don't want to say how bad the recording process was, but how tedious it was that that's more appropriate yeah. with recording me a rookie and you having to, you know, balance out my flow, not only balance out my flows, but like, you know, wrap it, wrap the whole take to me. And then I had to mock it back essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so you <laughs> did, you did a great job by the way, being patient as hell with me. Cause as someone who's not patient, I don't know how you did that. So I'm, I'm very thankful that you, you took me under your wing to be patient. Cause you know, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, honest to yeah. God. You know what it, it, I think that, um, it was because it was handed down to me as well. You know what I mean? Like where Rocky took the time to be patient with me and then me and my brother took time to be patient with each other. So I think that when, when it came to you, I, I was actually more surprised that Tino wasn't doing this. You know, I, did, I was surprised that Tino wasn't like kind of walking you through this process. So when it came to, to me doing it, I was actually at the same level as you in terms of like, mm -hmm. like I didn't have really music out that much that, that that i was happy with you know what i mean so i kind of related to your struggle for an identity within music and i think that's why it was it was patient because i think i was learning too you know and as right. well as steven was there steven who's he, he's he, for everyone who doesn't know steven steven capella is a very talented uh, multi-instrumentalist from our area shout and, out to steven yeah dude he he is he's uh one of the most talented people i've ever met man he and just having him around too to mix and master and being involved, I I felt like it was a good moment for you to learn. I mean, why not? You know, why not? No one else was doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And and I I did approach this with a chip on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. Like, and that that was part of the motivation too. Right. Exactly. Uh, there. You know, I was bullied a lot. Like, and I used hip hop as a crutch to co compensate and cope with that. And, you know, and it's still something I, I try to not let it cope with me because that's something I don't hold on to anymore. Um, but, and you've seen a side of me, Tino's seen a side of me to where like, I've, ex I've written shit that, you know, that have brought tears and I'm not necessarily a tearful person of shit that's happened in my past. Yeah. You know, yes. only if, few people have heard that rawness and seen that rawness side of me. Um, and with that chip on my shoulder as well of proving people wrong, that was a motive to the beach as well. Right. So it was kind of like, you know, you can never do rap. Like, you know, I was one of the few white kids at Tracy High that was listening to Boys to Men, Neo. I know these are hip hop, but Boys to Men, Neo... 
And then next song was Lil Wayne Eminem. Yeah. And like through the halls. And I was kind of alienated because of that. Right. So hip hop was a great uh, crutch of recovery for me and, and venting. Yeah. I, I relate with that completely. I remember school. I, when I think of school, I just think of so much anger. I was so angry all the time. I was angry mm-hmm. that no one understood me and that I wasn't good at anything. You know, like, you, you're super gifted when it comes to sports. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I remember how tired I would get in Long Beach just trying to, to guard you at the beginning of us playing around. Like, you're super good yeah. at every shot, you know, and you have a bad ankle and a bad wrist and a bad back, and it's ridiculous. And your dad, oh, man. Your dad reminds man. me, he's like Larry Bird out there, man. Like, he, he is Larry Bird. <laughs> he is. So I, 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 I love your, your love for sports, and, like, you know, mm-hmm. I, and – I, I think it's hilarious how this podcast is sounding so interviewish, but I, I really like the way it's going. I really want to know. I really want to know how you feel about the process, how you feel about working with my insanity. Like, how did you feel learning the gear, learning the levels, learning the mixing and mastering, learning the beat uh, and then working with me because I'm a different type of like monster to work with. Like, how do you feel that, that like what are some interesting I guess uh, pains of working with me because I think it's mm-hmm. it's hilarious. And what are the ways that you feel other people run away from this process? Like, what 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 do we do in this process that you see other people run away from that you have have had to do because you work with me? Well, the work ethic. I I think this whole process is so underestimated of the work ethic and you know the mental drainage that a whole process of you know write beat record master mix and i and i'm not an expert in the mixing whatsoever part aspect like that's a whole other headache that i didn't learn but you know a lot of these kids nowadays i feel like you know, just think, oh, turn and and I shouldn't say a lot of kids because that was me too. It's as simple as, hey, I'm gonna write a song. Here's a beat. My friend is gonna record me. Cool song. Boom. Yeah. I get laid. Like, <laughs> I get, I, yeah, I get laid and I get paid. But, um, it's not like that. Like, I really relied on you a lot. Um, so like I said, thank you again for the patience, uh, because I don't, I don't know if I could have done that. <laughs> so that's just cause I'm an impatient person. We all have flaws, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you helped me, which I kind of already had this embedded in me because of the competitive spirit that I carry yeah, with- to, if it's, if it's wrong, get back up, get it right. If you fall, you know, get back up and guard that basketball dude. Like, yeah. It, so that mentality has always stuck with me Mamba with mentality. how you pushed me. At, sheesh. Um, so I always, even though, you know, I, I've swore at you so many times, but it wasn't <laughs> at you. No, yeah. it was just the frustrate. It was always, and I always like, would always say, Alex, you know I'm not mad at you. I just got to do this again because yeah. it's not perfect. Press <laughs> press record so I can record this and do it again. And then boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. You're not the only one either. Every person we recorded, 
<laughs> Every person I've recorded has has cussed at me at least once. <laughs> right, right. And you know, it's it's all fun. Like like that part of it's fun, but there's a whole process to it that after the person's done recording that the other side has to do. Yeah. And so I got to experiment a lot of that with Tino because I recorded uh, his Hollywood project. Uh, go listen to Hollywood, everyone, out on all streaming platforms. Really good project. Uh, definitely tap into that. But I got to record um, Hollywood and I recorded my project uh, with Tino Help Me on that side as well. And, you know, that, that whole side is just really a whole process of being tired. It's like, okay, cool. It's not just write, record. It's write, you know, or sorry. It's not just find a beat, write. It's find a beat, write. Now I got to record myself. Now I'm the one retaking. Now I'm making sure I'm listening to it back because sometimes it would just be me. And it's like, okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, but that was after listening to the same thing 10 times. I, I remember commit, um, one of my songs featuring Kaij and Pierre, um, that there's a whole process like Cam and I can make our own podcast with how that process went with commit. Um, and how, yes, you know what? We're going to put a snippet right here of that song. How about that? We're gonna put a snippet right here. Perfect. Hold me down so I pick up the pace. Bring up the past, I put you in your place. Knowledge is power, they watch me get better. Now everyone co-sign like writing a letter. My pen in a rink and I'm getting a wedding. Tattoos can't be permanent, ain't this forever? I don't want this forever. I gotta commit. With that process and how much I was struggling with it, Cam actually gave me great advice and he was like, hey fam, like chill out, you know, take a step back with the hook. And then that made me think it was, I like I didn't belong on the hook, which I didn't. I for sure, uh, Kai nailed that shit, um, and and Cam was absolutely right. But sometimes you gotta take a step back, and that takes some extra effort as well, cause you're so caught up in I gotta do this. I, at least I am. That's my mentality. I gotta do this. I gotta make this perfect. Yeah. Um, so having that mentality helped me like get through the recording process with you uh, because I was always willing to challenge myself again. And even though I was right. frustrated, you would push that like like a coach, like a really great coach. And I'd emulate that and you saw the hard work ethic that I put in doing that too. Like, And I never gave up. As cliche as that sounds, yeah. that also has a lot to do yes. with it. I didn't quit. I'm going to unpack that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for a couple minutes. So... For everyone listening, for all the musicians that are that are, are are in with us this far, there is something that needs to be said about the approach to the way that you record your music. There is an insanity that you need to have, uh, an obsession with getting things right. I believe in working with anyone who's willing to put in the work. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm the best. But I know that I'm good at what I do because I like the product that I create when I'm working with myself and others and they like it too. It, it, I think that if you're sitting in the chair, it's up to you. And in the chair, I mean by being the audio engineer. If you're sitting in the chair, it is up to you to make sure that that person is ready to record this song and perform this song. Now, the way that our ears work is when you listen to Eminem rap, rap God you are hearing Eminem rap rap god through a very expensive studio mic audio engineer tons of plugins 
and uh, an audio engineer who spent a lot of time making that audio sound perfect took all his breaths out so it sounded like he's superhuman or maybe he did because he's Eminem but you are learning it that way and it's the same with your songs so if you're going to your song half-ass when you listen to your song back you're listening to it and learning where you made mistakes but if you take the time to do 20 takes on one line or two lines or a set of lines and you listen to it back and you take out your breaths and you do good mixing, you your ear will learn it the new way. So all the all, all the breaths that you're worrying about, all the the um the mess ups that you're having in cadence and in melody, if you get it perfect, if you take the time to be insane with it and be, get it perfect and do it over and over again. Mitch will tell you, I've told people that are very good rappers to do it again. After they've killed it. Yep. I tell I tell them to do it again. Because I know, I know that they're going to perform this one day. And I want them to listen to this track a million times after I'm done mixing it. And I want them to learn it with the perfect takes that they did. Not the ones that, that they that they felt it was cool and they liked it. No, the perfect ones. Because their song deserves it. And when they listen to it back, their brain is going to learn it. And when they get to the performance, it's going to be like clockwork. And that's that's why someone like Mitch can still perform, can do battle rap, can record. Even you may not respect him, which you should, but the 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 ethic, the work ethic that we do, even as underground artists, is still on par. Just because we're not making millions doesn't mean that we are not insane with this process. And, and that is what you have to be when you're in the chair and when you have the headphones on in front of the mic. Because that's the only way that this process is going to get easier. And I think that our relationship has attested to that. Yeah, agreed. You got to be willing to reciprocate it. And you you got to be willing to not let your ego get the best of any process that has to do with this. Because there's a method to the madness. There really is. Um, and I never questioned any of the methods that you gave me. And, you know, it was a learning process for both of us. But it was always it always just felt like in my brain, it was easier to like have the song, like once I listened to it once or twice, it was already memorized in my head. And I'm, I'm already a naturally good like memorizer of stuff. That's why I'm good at acting uh, and, and all that stuff. But it just was so much easier. Like I don't even have to make an effort to memorize the song. I already made the effort in the recording process. And you know, if you're a rapper and you look at, you know, you you lay down a hot verse and you're going to look at Alex with like, you have the audacity to tell me to record that shit again. It's like, no, that's not the mentality you should have. The mentality is, all right, yep, you're right. So that was it. Do it again. Like you should be able to do it again because you've done it once. And that's the exactly, bar that you yeah. set and you did such a great job setting that bar. Yeah. Thank you, man. I mean, it, it's not even something that I knew was going to work. It's just it, it, it just kind of like how it, I felt I needed to run the studio sessions. You know, I mean, and it all comes down to wanting the talent to shine. It's not because I think that I'm right or because I think that I'm better. I'm in the chair. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, it's like if I was the barber, dude, like I'm cutting your hair. You came here to use my clippers. You're sitting in my chair. You're using my stuff. You have to do it my way. If you want to do it your way, buy it all yourself and do it your way. Mm -hmm. I do. I just feel like 
every single time we produced a product, I even if I've been wrong, I still feel like it was a real good workout for whoever was was going through it. You know, it it's I enjoy it <laughs> even if they don't. But but I I so I want to change gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I love our talk about the process, but I I do want to get to a more more um I guess taboo side of being a musician. Mm. So one, I would like to ask you because I've touched on the dangers of choosing this lifestyle. So even though you you do consider yourself uh, a writer foremost because that is your 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 best uh, talent, I would say you have spent a lot of time though, especially in the LA area being a rapper. Yep. And you know with battles and performances and 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 networking and videos and stuff like that. So what would you say is like maybe one, two, or three, like if you can rapid fire, like the dangers <laughs> of choosing this when it comes to your money. Oh, when it comes to your money, you know, all right. The, the unfair expectation that you put on yourself that you're going to succeed right away and make the money. I, I, I think that is the first thought that that creeped in my head as you were explaining that because you know there's a bar set for being a rapper you you look at all the successful rappers you're like money you know girls attention um i have the freedom to do whatever i want which there's a cold reality to that we you know record labels which you know that's a whole different discussion with money but um that just the expectation that that's the bar and you think, right, yeah. and reality is, you can think you're close to that bar, but you're not close to that bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're never close to that bar until, even when results start happening, you're still not even close. And that's the unfair expectation that I put on myself, I'll just speak personally, because of how much of a competitor I am. I want to be the best. I want to be number one. So for me, that, that took a real hit on my mental health because it's like, I'm putting in all this work and I'm making all these efforts and nothing is happening. And then you add like money wasted is very, very, very hard to take the money, the money wasted. You know, if I would have stopped this, you know, my graduation gift was this Neumann microphone, but I had to cover half of that just because this is a top-notch mic and yeah. and all the equipment and the laptop and everything like all of that artwork videos artwork vi- yeah, all mixing. music videos don't even get me started on music <laughs> bro uh, so much money and time so the unfair expectation that you're going to make money throughout this process you know that's or like that's not realistic and then with my music it's like okay the reality was i wasn't good like i wasn't good until really i don't know what day it is is the first project that i'll say that's good and to me it's still not good enough like just to keep it 100 with you so all the money i put into mixing mastering shout out to andy for doing that um the the music video chips music video the the dedicate it's like I don't want to say it felt like I w- it was a waste of time, but it did for a second when I was going through my bad mental health 
the state. Like this was during the summer, and it, I was just not happy with any of the results. So I had to take a step back and be like, "What am I doing wrong?" Right. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. So I I do. So because you're touching on something that that I like. Yeah. Um. So. In that suffering, because you know where I was at in Fullerton. I was in a dope house. I was newly married. It was a horrible situation to have my new wife in. And it was all because of music. Right. So I was there in that situation because of music, because I was chasing it. Mm-hmm. So that was money that I lost. That was opportunity that I lost and all that stuff there. So do you recommend, do you recommend anyone even spending money in the beginning years when they're trying to do that? Or do you think it's more about like learning yourself? Would you say that the reason why the money lost hit so hard was because you were finding out things about yourself that you felt were getting better and you just kind of wanted the money to reflect some recognition? Credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think what you touched upon, it's more about, it's more about learning about yourself. And that's what it should be about. And right. to say to a, like to give advice to any beginner who's picking up a mic and picking up the pen for the first time and writing a bar, it's like, you know, don't maybe invest a little bit as far as, you know, by start off with step one microphone, you know, start off with step one nice camera. Don't go all out on a music video that you're paying someone to shoot in San Francisco and <laughs> uh, my petty side's coming out. Um, yeah. But, but you know, that's the, cause that's the image I got when you were saying it was when we recorded that first music video, didn't really matter. And yeah, without, without being personal on it, like, yeah. What are the things that are red flags that you saw? Because we have done music videos you know, like, like there's there's a big group of underground rappers and artists that aren't doing videos and performances. They're just putting out content and doing like YouTube videos. So as somebody who you feel like has seen an unsuccessful uh, filming of a music video, what were the red flags in that? Because I also felt some, but what were yours? First red flag, lack of communication. That is always right. a red that is always a red flag. Um, I understand lives get busy. So just a simple like message back, you know, that will go wonders, but lack of communication and, and this is kind of a sidebar to communication, lack of interest. Like it's just half ass. Okay. This, this good. Um, there's no, there's no script to it. There's no like, Hey, I'm asking you to do this cause it's just as much your vision. It's like, it's very obvious. You're only doing this for the money. Um, another red flag is, oh, I've done this person's, I've done that person's, I'm legit, man. It's like, okay, what exactly did you do? Did you shoot one camera angle and then you add some coloring tone to it and you sent it over to the real filmographer, director? Like, is that what you did? Because that's what it seems like more like you did. So, because there's a lot of shady liars in this industry. And that is also another, you know topic that we can go on for days about let's do it let's do it okay i want to ask you about ashley powell oh my good friend ashley who is ashley powell what did ashley powell do 
in a nutshell and if you could also go like mention how many people she did this to okay red flags too red flags what were the red flags explain the situation i know you hate her but explain the situation you know and hate is such a strong word understand i'm i'm at peace i hate what she did i hate what she did like like if i saw her you know she knocked on my door right now to apologize like it's whatever move on but yeah like, i feel the same way i mean that's why i said i commended her because she did a great job of being oh a yeah <laughs> I, yeah though you were right when i was listening to your episode and you were um yeah anyway so <laughs> ashley powell is this person who put on i guess the persona or you know the mirage that she was a music manager running this college tour and she had a legit website for it. She had legit colleges, like, you know, made it seem like the illusion of we got stuff at Ohio State. Like, they were some top-notch colleges. It went, like, she had it mapped out on the road, like, Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, then we go to, like, yeah. a Syracuse, like, a New York college. So, and then it, it circled all the way back to California. Like, she did her homework on this. I even you know, sent this to a few people that I know who said this is legit, uh, who checked it out for me. And, you know, she was just like, hey, you pay, you know, $600 uh, per each artist and uh, you'll be able to come on this tour. And she was very much not lack of communication at first. So that wasn't necessarily a red flag we saw to begin with because she was on top of it. You know, I remember having you having phone calls with her. I'd come into work and you'd be yeah, on the phone with her. I had a couple. Yeah, yeah. And they were long conversations, like legit. Like she was a con artist, straight Dude, up. Dude, we had a personal conversation. Like we were speaking like – like dude she she's because you know she knew that i was a uh, like i kind of a christian rapper so she brought up god and we talked about mm. that that was like a, a even bigger like dang like she went that far yep that that and that's a con artist she knew what she was doing like she's probably yeah. dealt with christian rapper gods before and whatever she does and it's easy to just okay let me talk about god then with you because then i can pretend to relate or maybe she yeah. did relate, but then, you know, what she did is a sin. So God is pissed at her. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, dude. But yeah, get back to what she did, though, because I, I always I think it's fascinating what she did. Yeah. So she she had a date to where it was like, all right, we're going to meet. At, we're going to have like a shuttle pick you up. Uh, that's kind of blurry to me. It was either a shuttle to pick you up to take you to the airport, but either way, we were going to get on a plane. Um, right. And she was going to contact us. She set it up. And, and me and Alex, um, as he mentioned in his last episode, were with Beat Around the Bush, so they were involved as well. We were all ready, um, excited to, to go on this tour that we paid money for. Um, and then, of course, what happened was that she didn't, this is where the lack of communication happened. She just totally stopped communicating. You know, the day of, there, there was no answer. There was no text back. There was no email back. There was no phone call back. Um, the last thing I saw was her post on Twitter. And 
it was something like she was expressing that she had a rough day. And I remember I commented on that and I was like, not as rough as you stealing my $600. Where's my money at? And she, she didn't respond. (laughs) Uh, She never responded. And then I haven't heard or seen from her since, but she did the whole con artist of music manager. You guys are on tour. I got, 13 plus rappers who are also on board with this, which I had actual conversations with. Um, This one guy in Long Beach who had quite a following was also involved. So that was also made it more legitimate too. Yeah, that was the confusing part. Yeah, seeing them get into, seeing them. But okay, so do you remember when we were at um, Ken Burns' apartment and he was saying his red flags were where's the how much is uh the 600 going to cover when we're talking about room and board and food where are we going to sleep where are we going to eat and and that's what he was saying were his red flags and i remember thinking wow that's a very good question where are we going to eat and sleep how much money do we need to bring and that's all legit questions that we were so caught up in you know the idea of oh yeah we're gonna go on tour different colleges it's like we didn't know what we were doing. That thought never crossed our mind. At least yeah, it didn't well, cross I mean, mine. Dang, dude. She, she I, what? Okay, so what I think happened was, I'm just giving her the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I think is she got in over her head. She maxed out all her credit cards. She was trying to do something grand. She was trying to be something through this event. And it was too big for her towards the time it was going to happen. And she couldn't admit to herself that she wasn't going to pull it off. So instead of, Facing the music, she basically took the dirty money and cowered away from her not owning up to it, not working out. You know, and maybe that is what happened. And unfortunately, we never got to hear her make her peace about it, hear her side of the story. Exactly. You know, and that is something that I always try to be mindful with people. It's why I'm able to come to peace with a lot of things. But, you know... Selling the dream to anybody and, you know, having it seeing not having it see and fall through like that is devastating for any artist. Right. Right. And I'm pretty sure it was devastating for the other 13 people, too. Yeah. You know, that's 600 bucks, man. That, I, t- I did the math. 600 times 13 is 7,800. Mm, interesting. That's not even close to covering uh, that. That probably covered. I don't even know. Two buses, but not even the colleges, yeah. man. No. And the sad yeah. part is, you know, at the end of the day, like, I know I said that comment to her, like, you know, where's my money? It wasn't about uh, the money for me. It was like, we were about to go on tour, colleges, music, with my group of friends that I'm doing music with. That's where I was coming from. Like we're about yeah, to kind of live we a part of the dream, about. yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. That's that's what sucks about this um, money and music thing that we're talking about because people don't understand, like whether or not you think that we're gonna do what we believe we're gonna do. This is what we're doing. Like you're paying money every day to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're on Amazon right now. You're, you know, you're on Offer Up or whatever you're doing. You're putting money towards what's important to you and that's what we do but it just is so sad that 
like another conundrum or another just like conflict of being an artist is we have to pay money to do what we want to do. Yeah. Like no one, I don't think people really understand like the, the, the decision that someone makes when they choose to do music. Like they think it's so funny to make fun of it. Like you don't understand. It's like being a photographer. For some reason, everybody's a photographer, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, if you have, but because why, because why, because if you go buy a Canon or a Nikon or whatever, and you get all the fixing and you get all the lens and you drop 20 K people know that you're, even if you don't have skill because of the gear you got, it's going to sound good right. with music. That's not the case mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with music. You bought mm-hmm. a, a $3,500 mic. You have a $3,000 laptop. You have the cable, the interface, the headphones. You pay for your beats. You pay for your mixing. Pay for your videos. You pay for your artwork. You pay for your lyric videos. You pay for your, your images. You have made almost 20 transactions just, just to get the song out. And how much money? Just to get the song out. And how much money yeah. has it made me? Exactly. And that's what, what why people look at us like we're less. Because, like, well, you haven't made any money doing it. It's like, we're not trying to make money but the world wants money for what we have right you know because that's the only way that our music can even be seen as some sort of of a valuable asset is if it's accruing money or interest Mm -hmm. and that's what sucks because this lady she got money and she piqued our interest and it blinded us from making a proper investment but what i think is so cool is that we were so ready to make that investment i don't think many people would have gone through with that, but we were ready to. Yeah. At least we thought yeah, we were all ready. Of us. Yeah. Yeah. We thought, well, yeah, we, we definitely were ready to try. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's the, the beautiful takeaway that I got from it was I was really like ready to like leave my wife and go with you. Right. <laughs> and, and, and beat around the bush and actually do it because it would, would have been good if it was real. And we did the research. Mm-hmm. I remember going on the website multiple times, going on Facebook, going, uh, talking to her, Seeing that everything checked out and thinking, wow, I don't want to believe this is real until we're there. But at some point, she got us in the moment or she failed in the moment right? where we were too wrapped up in it being real. So that's that, that was beautiful. I, I love that part of, of our conversation so far because, man, I feel like if people were smart and I'm not saying people aren't smart because I haven't done this either. But mm-hmm. if I was smart, so I'll put it, I'll put it on me. If I was smarter. When I listen to music and lyrics from people who are also at our level underground, you know, doing what we're doing, I sometimes need to remind myself that that person is trying to make a difference in their life through their lyrics. They're trying to take their experiences and make them into something. And I think that when people listen to our tracks, they hear us trying to meet a standard of the industry, but they don't understand that we're just trying to make music that sounds like the music we love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just that when we put all the money into this recording equipment, sometimes we're not ready and we're not at the level to make full use of it yet. No, we're not. And uh, it's a reality that maybe we're just so caught up in wanting to do this that we, we don't even take in because or we don't you know, care. It's like, we're going to do this thing because we want to do it. This is our dream. This is our motive. And to your point for the Ashley Powell concert tour, like we had no fear of doing this. Right. Like we were already 
for it, you know, to to go on like, yeah, strive for strive. We're about to do this thing. There was nobody's having like second thoughts or doubts. It's like this is it. And yeah. and so the money invested, yeah, like money is money, but the idea of a dream that was sold to us that just got erased, you know, it's that can be mentally you know, depleting, especially if you don't, uh, if you hold on to it, you don't be real with it for yourself. Like me, I'm a passive person. Sometimes it takes me a year or two to really come around and be (laughs) like, let me reevaluate. And then it's like, okay, I reevaluated enough. Let me put that in the back pocket. And then it's like, oh, when it all hits you again, it's like, damn, that's how depressed I was. That's how much of it in a dark place I was. And I didn't notice yeah. that. Oh, you know, I, you know, it's funny. I heard a quote today. Um, it was this military guy. He said, everyone is out in the world fighting for what they believe in. But the sad thing is, is no one is willing to admit that they might be wrong. Mm. Because when it comes to our dreams, we believe that we're right. We believe that we're right. We believe that we're right. But so many people approach us with we're wrong. <laughs> you know, we're wrong. We're wrong. It's like we know we are. That's why we're doing this process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it, it's interesting because, man, when, when and the reason why I'm saying this is because we've been in rooms with other rappers. Um, we've been in rooms with people who have had experiences of being in other rooms with rappers like you at, the, at a battle event where you're across from somebody who literally believes that they are better than you. Right. And the whole purpose in the next one or three rounds, minute or two minute a piece is to prove that I'm better than you for this minute, Mm -hmm. like with battle rap. And I think it's crazy how it's like war. Like everyone is out there fighting for what they believe in. I'm the best rapper. No, I'm the best rapper. No, I'm the best singer. No, I'm the best singer. No, I'm going to make it. No, I got a dream. But, when it comes to battle rap, there's a purity in, in I guess, proving that the other person's wrong. <laughs> right. Like when you get that good bar, when you get that good metaphor, when that scheme comes out and then you see them and you're like, wow. And you see the frustration on their face. There's like, it's like taking a soul almost. <laughs> Man. You know, you're taking that person's soul. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I'll, I'll say the question and I want you to go crazy on it. But when was a moment where you got someone in a battle rap and. Um, was there an obsession with trying to get that back? And did you prove yourself wrong when you did that? Very good questions. Um, so the line that sticks out to me of all of them, and you were actually at this battle event. Uh, this was in Monterey. Um, Young Sinister? Yeah, Mr. Young Sinister. Shout out to Young Sinister, man. He's doing... Uh, is it the cockatoo line? It's the or cockatoo is it the line. little sister? No, oh, yeah, yeah. Say it, say it. Um, hey, do you remember your whole verse? Um, Something like my... Like... Something I, like, insulted him by, like... I'd rather have Tim Tebow as my backup instead of you. And then... Oh, yeah. So, Tim Tebow backup... I, but I never passed the rock at you. I got a big cock issue. Your chick flies from dick to dick, so I call that bitch a cockatoo. And <laughs> and everyone just I went know. like, ah. And yeah. honestly, and that was so, that was like eight years ago, which was crazy. And 
that's a line and that feeling, just that feeling of, oh, there's, cause you get a high, you get an adrenaline rush and you're just like, oh man, I want to keep this. And, um, with battle rap with me, you know, I think it goes back with figuring out who you are before it. Cause you know, my last few battle raps that I've done and it's been a while, I haven't been confident. Like, and it's been good stuff. Like, I've never had really a bad rap battle performance. Maybe in my early days, for sure. But there's never been one where, you know, I've choked. Or it's been, you know, a lackluster. It's just, one, no one took me serious. But part of the problem was that I didn't take myself serious. Yeah, man, dude. When you were rapping Young Sinister, dude, I'm not going to lie. When I first heard, when I heard him rapping, I was like, damn. Yeah, he came out swinging, me. man. Yeah, I was like, Mitch got the got the guy that like wants to eat today. Mm-hmm. This kid is hungry. Like, and that's where I was. Uh, I was thinking. I was like, Wow, you know, like you're in. Like, I was looking at you. I was thinking about you. Like, you're in a fight right now. Like, this kid, he wants to take your head off right now. Mm-hmm. So it it was so cool to see his aggressive approach. You know, he was super. He was wrapping his face off. Yeah. And to hear your humor and your well thought out lines, I, it was really just writer versus writer at that point, right? Because the rapper versus rapper uh, thing, he won. Yeah, he definitely for sure. was a better rapper than, like, like he, he was a better rapper than almost everyone in there in terms of who could rap right now at this moment and who's ready. Yep. Right now in this moment, like in this second, if I asked anyone to rap for an hour who would do it and he did didn't he rap for like 10 minutes after that yeah dude and they got it yeah he was killing it with the over like the the multi-syllable rhyme so like what i'm thinking uh, when i'm there with you because obviously i'm on the side with you i'm like you know because i'm i pay attention to everything i'm honest with everything so when i was like damn this is gonna be interesting <laughs> like, <laughs> like if mitch if mitch wins this one it's like it's it's like Curry winning a one on one with LeBron. It's like you you're never gonna go in there thinking Curry's gonna win that that exchange because LeBron's big, his size is big, you know he's imposing. But you've seen it happen. Right. So I just think it's crazy in that time where you guys are like two young dudes because he's obviously still probably doing stuff right now. Yeah. And if, but if he was a monster then at like sixteen, uh He's crazy now, but it's crazy. You got to win on that guy, <laughs> on him. Yeah, and Young Sinister, you know, he, him and I will have conversations from time to time about that line and about the rap. And, you know, like, we're, we're really solid. Oh, really? Like, That's cool. Yeah, we'll say, like, you know, happy birthday. I know he just graduated. Um, uh, he graduated something, but um, we were just talking about that, and he's doing well for himself. So shout out to Young Sinister. That was Central Coast Chambers event. Shout out to Keegan, man. Yeah, that, Keegan. Right. Yeah, that was. I was really glad you were there to witness that because he had me. It, it was. It was still close, but his third round didn't end as hard, and and that's one of the advantages I had going last. Um, yeah. so the cockatoo line is what was like the dinger, like, cause that was the biggest reaction. So, cause it was kind of neck and neck. He had me on the rap, so it was probably going to go to him. So if I didn't say that bar, he would have taken it. Definitely. Yeah. That reminds me of that moment. And when we're talking about like, uh, uh, anyone in their, 
beginning days. That reminds me of Tino's uh, when he pulled out the the paper printout against Urban. Oh my God! You know what I mean? Like, like I know a lot of people are gonna get that reference, That's but just throwback. imagine two 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 battle rappers. Like you know, because th- these are the guys that we're talking about. They battle rap. So just think about two guys from from almost the same area, and you know what I mean? Like I I still think. It's it's a good battle today. Like I still, it's it's like UFC to me. Like I see them too, and I'm like, man, that's like a fight I want to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause cause those dudes like cause cause Mario can eat. Yeah. Let's, let's be real. That guy can eat if he wants. If he wants to. If like you know, and that's the crazy thing about underground artists. If we want to, we could, but we don't compromise enough. We don't sell our soul quickly enough, or we don't we don't catch on the train uh, on, on the trend when we need to to get there you know what i mean but like dudes like that like like manual like like, like cypher like 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 um urban like uh even phil and you know what i mean like yeah you and tino like this group of like supreme lyricists who who could eat whenever they want you know and i think that that that's cool because you can't became one at that time yeah i did everyone in that crowd was feeling young sinister you know and yeah he had that guy come in and say your name what did he say yeah, he said, uh, Young Sinister said, do you want to know what a bitch looks like? And Charlay at the time goes, Mitchell Adams. And Young Sinister goes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so he involved him. And then he happened to be a judge, too, the same guy that called me out. And, of course, he voted for Young Sinister. That was the only vote. I remember he, that. That was the only vote Young Sinister got. Um, there was no bias at all to that. But anyway, yeah, so but that like that was years ago. Um, yeah, and I was just on a song with him, uh, Archon and Mickey, uh, they're both, uh, Monterey area rappers, you know, that I got to come close to and we're on the song called lunch break. I got to be featured on it. It's a really good song too. Yes. I, I really like this track. I actually showed Mitch this track. <laughs> he didn't even know it was out No, <laughs> I showed him when we were here recording that dude. Uh, so yes, here's a snippet of lunch break, right? Yeah. Lunch break. Your head goes silence in his head Yo, you can never be the next go bad, bro. Ride the wave on my yacht, flex, bro. Sipping, sipping, Henny, I've had plenty. 3 a.m. at Denny's. Do not know who Malibu, I glide, Benny Jack. Give me your two cents, don't accept pennies. Doing shit the harder way, result plenty. I've inspired so many. Look at the clock, lunch break. So when you were on the track Decipher, which was the opening track for, for the Beat Around the Bush album. You were on there with me, Aaron, Jay Cruz. You essentially started that whole track. You were the only verse that was on it when we all wrote our verses. Right. So that verse, I think, was the moment where me and Aaron looked at each other for the first time, to be completely 100 with you. That was the first time where we looked at each other and we both were like, hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> you know, you know, not that the other stuff wasn't, but this was the first time where we were like, hey, I wasn't there to help him through that. Hey, were you? No, I wasn't there. He did that by himself. Really? That's really good. That's so that's that's a cool part about doing music with your friends is that you get moments like that. I don't think they, that people should be cut, uh, like private all the time because sometimes you, you really need people in on it. Right. But when it was that moment. And you you got done with that verse. Did you think it was a good verse? Yes, I did. And now I listen to it now, and I'm like, damn, this sucks. No, <laughs> it does not suck. No, it doesn't. I mean, <laughs> it, it's just more about progression, like right. Where right. I yeah, was no, there. no one likes their old stuff. Right. Yeah, no right. So, uh, and I'm always hard on myself, but 
Um, no, it was really dope because there was just a whole bunch of random flows that for whatever reason I decided, hey, let me just capitalize everything or let me just utilize everything I've learned and capitalize it on this beat. And then it was just like, oh, that's a flow Mitch never done. That's a sound. Wow. So um, right. getting that reaction and and also like getting that approval from everybody, not just you guys, but for everyone that thought it was dope enough to be on the track, uh, you know, Aaron, right. Jay Cruz and you, it was like, you know, it kind of made me feel like credibility. There's some credibility I've been waiting for, not on the money side per se, but at least from the respect. Yeah. So did you know that that was a moment you you evolved? Yes. Okay. So you do you think you were Squirtle or do you think that you were, you know, like, did you get all the way up to like a Blastoise and stuff like that? No. Did you I'm think of no. yourself that way? I'm still not. I was Squirtle learning water gun at that point. Got uh, you, got you. <laughs> like, if, if anything, I'm I'm not even close to a Blastoise yet. Uh, or, maybe, <laughs> or maybe I am a Blastoise or about to be one, but, you know, I'm a War Turtle, definitely. Pokemon metaphors. We go on you, for days. Yeah, yeah, but, this is awesome. Um, it was definitely a moment where it was like, okay, I can have the freedom to do whatever. Um, as long as I don't overthink. If I start overthinking on a beat, then that's when it's like, okay. And, and that's a habit that old habits die hard. Like I want to finish something, but sometimes it's not the best idea to finish a track or to keep going with something when it's very good point, not coming out like yeah. how you planned it. So this one was just so natural. How, Cause I wrote this in theater class, um, in college. Like it, it wasn't even list. Like I list, was listening to the beat on the way there. And then I was sitting in class and the beat was in my head and the whole first scheme came to my head. And then the Charlie Sheen, someone mentioned like Charlie Sheen's acting during the course. And then Charlie Sheen on the beat. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Let me write that down in my journal as I'm not paying attention to class. But um, <laughs> Shout out to your college. <laughs> for real. Shout out to Long Beach State, man. Um, great times uh, of writing a lot of lyrics during class. Yes. Yeah, so w with that being said, let's do some too. Let's let's put a snippet of that verse in there right here. Never fit in, homie, homie, homie. Always stand out, homie, homie, homie. Stay winning, homie, homie, homie. That's what I'm all about, homie. Yeah, you right. What you am right. I all about? My team. Regime. Rap transformer. Start scream. Y'all hate it too sweet. Jelly bean. Yeah. Charlie Sheen on the beat. Meaning anything and everything that is better. So go, go. All they need is a queen that is lean on the scene. Not a mean and we go a low, low, low. I breathe so mean. Fresh air so clean. No weed so I never choke, choke, choke. I see currency hurting me. Currently another breed but I'm never broke still. I wanna be rich, Mitch. No, no. I said I wanna be rich, Mitch. Mitch. EP, plug me in. EP, plug me in. EP, plug me in.